This is Twa Team's One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, who will Dundee United look to to replace Lawrence Shankland? Clear as mud at Dens. And we head into Europe. Hello and welcome to another edition of Twa Team's One Street. I'm Callum Woodger and as ever I'm joined by George Grant. Hello. And Graham Finnan is here as well. Hello everyone. It's been a huge few days on the patch actually down the street and um, we've got plenty to get through. Um, this episode, plenty going on at Dundee United, good news. Um, their win over Rangers, historic famous win for the, the Tangerines on Saturday. Lawrence Shankland has left the club, he's away to Belgium. Um, and over at Dens, obviously, it's a it's a it's a more bleak outlook after a six 0 defeat to <laughs> to Dundee, and and some news surrounding technical director Gordon Strachan. We're going to go on and speak about all of that, but first, Bear, yeah, the rain oh. has finally fallen in Dundee. Yeah, it's just it's going to be a bit, it's going to be a bit tong the weather. It's going to be a bit, it's going to be a bit like my hair column. It's going to be a bit grey, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I'm optimistic it will get better. Um, no my hair no my hair that's beyond redemption the weather the weather will get better <laughs> trust me there's still there's still a bit of heat to come in the next few weeks uh, so fingers crossed you know book yourself in for a wee transplant out in Turkey something like that no? <laughs> holiday booked into the, the bargain no? what sort of transplant are you talking about Callum well. <laughs> I need to go across and get a full a full body transplant after 16 months of Covid <laughs> right okay enough japes let's crack on Dundee United a fantastic win over Rangers at the weekend. Totally surprise win, really, if we're being honest, after their performance the previous weekend up at Aberdeen, George. Um, just how impressed were you with the way Tam Court's team went about things? Very impressed, obviously. I, and purely because, well, not purely, but massively because uh, how different it was to the, the game against Aberdeen. Um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think they showed last season uh, that they they could step it up at times when it, when it came to playing the, the bigger teams in the league, but they obviously did that and then some uh, on Saturday. Uh, I think the crowd helped them massively. Uh, yeah. That you could, I was watching the TV. Obviously, you were there, but uh, you could just tell it, it gave the players something extra, and and particularly at the end when they're they weren't particularly they weren't holding on like backs against the wall, but they, they were. They're all, mm-hmm. Playing out the playing out the result, and uh, you could the one that sticks out was, was when the, the young lad Dan Watson blocked that cross, and the crowd goes mad, and and yeah. that's the sort of stuff that sees you through. Um, and I, I was delighted for Jamie Robson as well. I, I, I always felt that over the years he, he got a bit unfair stick at times. Uh, I think he's been a great player for United, and and. And he, that was that was probably his, his best performance actually since he's been there. But I think he's been a really steady performer for for years now, mm-hmm. and I was delighted to see him get a goal because he's a good lad to speak to uh, after games and stuff like that. And that was, so I was delighted for him. I thought he played. I thought he defended really well as well. But uh, mm-hmm. they, they took the goal uh, just as well. Yeah, I think that's one thing you can always say about Jamie. He's a very good defender um, at left back, but he's maybe not always had that end product final ball delivery finish but um you know really composed finish to to continue his run into the box get in front of Connor Goldson and then tuck it away um bear a, a brilliant day for Dundee United but a poor one for Rangers as well I mean that ends their 40 game premiership unbeaten run it's Dundee United's first win over um the JL since 2014 first in the league since 2012 so 
Um, yeah. A few records broken. Dear me, it was quite quite staggering. Yeah, I saw those stats, 40 games, and I think it was 40 games that they hadn't failed to score in a game and things. And Jamie Robson hadn't scored since about 2017, and he he, he mm. comes up with a goal and, you know, first one for United against Rangers since 2014. So how that all came? I mean, who would have thought it, Callum? Who would have thought that last week on the podcast? <laughs> I mean, the word, on, the word on the street was United were getting gubbed. Dundee had a wee chance at Park oh, Kerry. How wrong? How wrong could we be? How I, wrong could we? What? What? what I mean, what, I mean, what? It's just we, we said we amazing. said that's football we for in? you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I know. We we said are we in another dimension? I think we proved that at the weekend. There, I mean, we yeah. were miles off the mark of what actually happened. Oh, but. Absolutely, absolutely, and that just shows you. What, and that's why football is such a great game. You just never know what is around the corner and what is going to happen. And for Dundee United fans, it was an absolutely fantastic moment getting back in the stadium, you know, and and, and seeing their team putting one over on the on the reigning on the reigning champions. And you know, what does it all mean? I mean, I mean, in the bigger picture, does that mean that? I mean, is that Rangers Rangers reign over? Is that does it mean Celtic are going to run away with the league? Is, is United going to challenge the old firm this season? You know, are, <laughs> no, no. Are Dundee going to be cut adrift? Are they going to? Are Dundee going to be the whipping boys? Um, no. Nah, you know what the answer to all that all that's almost certainly no, but it was an amazing weekend of football from a, a Tangerine's perspective. George talked about Jamie Robson. Mm-hmm. Now Jamie Robson's been linked to a move away from United in the next you know, over the summer and you know we'll wait and see what happens in the next few weeks, but I'll tell you what, he didn't do his prospects any harm with that performance on Saturday. He was outstanding. George, you were right. Mm-hmm. I mean he absolutely outstanding on on uh, Saturday, and sure, he got a wee bit of a lucky, lucky break for the goal, but he was making that run. He was he continued his run beyond the strikers, and the, the ball broke for him. And here he started to finish, and as a full back, we've seen plenty of full backs knock them into the stands from that sort of range, and he, he tucked it away very well. Um, but what a great day for United! I mean, there, was, there, there were star performers, Robson Mulgrew, uh, Jean Dufus was brilliant. But the, the big thing for me was the, the, the team performance itself. I mean, it was like it was like chalk and cheese from. You know, seven days earlier from from the game up at Petordi against Aberdeen, yeah. you know there was there was there was spirit, there was energy, the attitude was good, the, the commitment was good. So just just absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant stuff uh, from United. And you know, I'm absolutely delighted for for Tam Course because as well as the team played, the tactics were absolutely spot on as well. They, they left virtually no space for Rangers to play in between them. You know, I think Rangers. I don't think Rangers were great. I mean, I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from it. I think Rangers looked. That their passing was too slow. They looked to be a bit sluggish. Morelos looked off the pace a bit. But United, United left them very little, and I think that shows it. Yeah, in the fact that Benjamin Sirius only had one real save to make, and it was from distance. You know, it was a save you would expect it to make. So comfortable. Yeah, Tam Court's got a, got a spot, and I'm delighted for him. You know why? Because I I, I don't think he's. I don't think he's had the respect, you know, afforded to other new Premiership bosses, Callum. You know, I, I think from from fans, and I also think from media pundits alike. You know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whether he goes on to become a success at, at United, we'll just have to wait and see. You know, but he, he deserves to be given the same respect as others in the game. You know, that have, that have gone before. And I don't think he's had that. So I'm sure on Saturday night, I don't know if, if, if Tom Courts is a teetotaler or if, if he enjoys a pint or a bottle of wine, but I'm sure <laughs> if, if he did, he, he would have enjoyed his, his drink on Saturday yeah. night and yeah. it was thoroughly deserved, Callum. A great day all round for Dundee United. George Bear mentions there, oh, it's Tom Courts, obviously. It, it, it'll go some way to, to silencing a few critics. Um, you know, it, it is an important result, really, early in the season. We know you need to start with three points, but what better way to to do it than, than beating the champions at home when, when you are this new boss who's 
came under a bit of fire, it, it, it'll maybe get the fans back on side, you'd imagine. I'd, I'd be massive for him. It'll, not just for the... Obviously, it gives the fans confidence in him, or more confidence in him, but it also gives him a bit of confidence, and hopefully the players as well. But it's still early days. I mean, we may be... We're staying the same last week after after one game where they were terrible. Now we've had one game where they were brilliant. So we kind of need to see what's going to be long term. If if it's going to be in the middle of there, or if it's going to be towards the brilliant end or the or the terrible end. Um, hopefully it's towards the brilliant end. Um, but no, I, I, I quite liked his uh, his post match stuff. Where he, <laughs> what did he say? Something like, uh, "I can confidently say this week we just about edged it," which uh, which mm-hmm. showed that a wee yeah. bit. Uh, self-awareness I think which was quite quite a nice wee touch yeah I think and you mentioned that quite low after the Aberdeen game really high after the Rangers game he, he said that in his post-match as well that it's about managing the emotions managing expectations so he's saying the right things um, about obviously you know he's self-aware after after what he said um, up at Aberdeen that they, they, they edged the first half and you know they, they, they absolutely edged Rangers um, they were brilliant they, they fully deserved their, their three points but my favourite post-match comment from from Quartz on, on the day was when he said he, he feels he's got the minerals for the job, which is a quote from um, <laughs> Snatch, which is a famous kind of um, Guy Ritchie movie, Cockney kind of yeah. um, gangsters and gypsies kind of thing. Um, good movie. So it was nice to see him quoting that. Big fan of that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's it was it was a great day. Like, you, you both mentioned the, the fans, four and a half thousand, getting back inside Tanadice. They've only really had a few hundred Um you know, in the Premier Sports Cup, which which doesn't create much of an atmosphere or an intimidation factor, and I think that helped United and, and hindered Rangers in the in the same breath. And um, no, you saw the response. I think Charlie Mulgrew was was massive at the back. He was he was putting in blocks and tackles that were that were getting the crowd up. Callum Butchers, you know, used to doing that for years for Dundee United. So seeing that from him, John Fix again proving how um, much of a viable player he is for. For the club, um, one man who sat out of the game was Lawrence Shankland. Um, Tam Courts at the time claimed it was because of a hip knock, um, but there were obviously rumours floating around that um, Shanks was away um, from the club. He was there on the day, he was in the stands watching on, but there were rumours of him going abroad um, to Belgium to join Beershot, which has now happened. He signed a three-year deal um, with the top flight team over there. It's a one, pil- one, pillion? one million pound move. Um for Dundee United, the, the best bit of business they've had since now their chief cheese one and a half million pound move to Celtic in 2015. Um, Bear, is it the right move for Lawrence and is that good business for, for the Tangerines? Yeah, a hip knock. I'm sure everybody, when, when uh, Tom Court said that with tongue in cheek, you know, the, the fact that Shanklin actually climbed to the top of the stand to sit in a seat shows how bad his <laughs> hips were, you know, um, on Saturday. Um, is it a good business for United? I think given where, where Shanklin's contract uh, was at, Callum, I think it's it's probably closer, maybe more than what what United United could have expected. Um, whether it's good business or not, only time obviously will tell. I mean, Lawrence Shankland, while uh, uh, while he hasn't got the goals we thought he might have got in the Premiership last season, he's still been United's talisman um, for the last couple of seasons. I mean, remember remember when he first came to the club, Callum, and and you know we were working on the paper, and every week. It was the same back page image, and it was Lawrence Shanklin with the match ball and holding up three <laughs> fingers because he was banging in hat tricks yeah. left, right, and centre. You know, he was just phenomenal that season for for United, and he continued that on, obviously from his, his time at Air United as well. So he scored a fantastic amount of goals for the club, and even last season, he he had to feed off very little, and he still got quite a few goals. So 
you know, we'll have to wait and see. You know, hopefully United, you know, can continue to pick up points in the Premiership, but they're obviously going to need something else up front. But uh, you certainly, I mean, I always think as a supporter, you're, you're you're aware of what's happening, you know, you're aware of the inevitable. You, you hear that Lawrence Shankland isn't in the team because he's got a hip knock and you just know deep down that he is leaving the club. And I think the vast majority of Dundee United fans will accept that it was inevitable he would leave. They will be disappointed to, to lose the man that has given them so much sort of joy, even though they've not been at games over the last 16 months or so. But before that, you know, prior to that, many, many happy times uh, for Dundee United. And I'm sure they'll all... We'll be thankful to him for that and they'll wish him well, you know, over in Belgium, that's for sure. Yeah, some happy memories for Dundee United fans, George, of, of Shankland, especially in the Championship. He, he pretty much single-handedly fired them into the Premiership and um, it's a big test for him going over there, obviously. There's, there's Jack Hendry over there who's proven it, it can be done. You can go there and have, be a success and get back into the Scotland team. You'd imagine that'll be his goal. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, I, I'm pretty sure missing out in the Euros would have been a, a big... It would have been a sore one, I think, for for mm-hmm. for Shankland, uh, particularly being in the, the squad not so long before, um, and he'll have been figuring out what to have to do to to get there. And then this this move's come along, interesting one, because obviously I never really heard a beer shot before, unless I was on a big night out. To be honest, um, <laughs> I think uh, the, the, at the moment I think they're bottom of the, of the league in Belgium after just a couple of games uh, with a new manager. So it's interesting to see what. Um, so I had a look at the last season they they missed out on the playoff system they've got for European football by one point so hopefully uh, they might have some European football to play if, if they get things together again and, and, and kind of improve on last season but I, I really like it to see um, our players go out and test themselves and, and try somewhere a bit different because mm. you never know you might Belgian football might just be perfect for Lauren Chant yeah. and this, his style of play. If he gets serviced, then hopefully score some goals. We quite often see players go abroad and then come back uh, after a couple of years, but hopefully he goes out there and learns a lot and he can come and be an improved player for Scotland for ta- for uh, almost a Tam Clark there rather than Steve Clark. But uh, I don't know who Tam Clark is, but. Uh, hope he's hope he's keeping an eye on Lon Shankland as well. Um, yeah, but no, I'd be interested to see if he comes up against uh, Jack Hendry. Uh, that'd be that'd be an interesting one for us to keep an eye on. I'm just I'm just thinking about sort of I'm going over there, Callum, and you know I think mm-hmm. going to Belgium. I mean, it will be an eye opener for for him. He's obviously been across and, and seen the light of the land, and he likes what he sees. But for him as a player, hopefully he will come back a far better player, a technically a better player. And I'm thinking back to I'm going to way back here to at the time when Dundee had a guy called Ray Stephen who went to France. Ray Stephen was a great striker for Dundee. You know, he played up top, sort of number 10. Mm-hmm. And he, he went over there and became a, technically a far better player. And I think of guys like Morris Johnson as well, who went across to France and came back. Morris Johnson was, was a good player in Scotland, but came back and, you know, he, he, he sort of came on leaps and bounds. His technique was much better just coming back. And also, even closer to home, probably Craig Brewster, who went over to Greece and spent a few years out there, you know, so we might see Lawrence Shankland sort of, you know, flourish. I mean, as well, and we all know he's got goals in his game, mm-hmm. but maybe his, his general all-round, you know, attack and play will improve and uh, that can only be good for Lawrence Shankland and good for the Scottish football as well, you know, as if, if he can sort of step up to the mark because we're crying out. Steve Clark is crying out for someone who can yeah. lead the line for Scotland and hopefully Lawrence Shankland in the next few years can, can jump into that role. 
Yeah, it's a big move for him. Obviously, he's got a, a young family as well going over there. Big uh, change in culture. Uh, you have a familiar face there, though, Freddie Franz, who he would have um, briefly trained with before Franz left Dundee United in 2019. Um, and he's been speaking to me this week, saying that, you know, we're speaking about the, the adaptation to, to Belgian football. It's, according to Franz, it's, it's quite similar. It is a physical game, um, but it maybe has a little bit more technical. So we might see Lawrence maybe not getting battered about so much, maybe getting a wee bit more time on the ball. Um, get to hone his, his skills that way. He might get a few more opportunities to get goals. Obviously, last season wasn't his his best goal scoring return. Um, got nine in total, but we all know what he can do. And um, of course, we wish him all the best over there. He's been a fantastic player um, for Dundee United and a fantastic guy to deal with for us as well. In the press, personally, always gives you a good line, um, a really good character. So I'm sure he'll, he'll fit in seamlessly over there. Um, in terms of incomings at Tanadice, it's a wee bit quiet at the moment, but there is hope that they're going to secure a few signatures um, this week or before the window closes at the end of the month. Obviously, they got, they got the money coming in from, from Shanklin. That should help them, you'd think. Um, Mark McNulty, um, who was at the club last season on loan, he's close to securing a deal um, with the Terror, so hopefully they can get that over the line. And they've been heavily linked with a Finnish winger, Elmari Niskanen, who plays for Ingolstadt in Germany. Hamilton defender Scott McMahon is also on their list. Um, they still need a few extra bodies, George, you'd imagine, um, especially now with Shanklin going. They can't just go with, you know, Nicky Clark, Louis Appery, and, and just hope for the best with that. They're going to have to go out and replace him, get a striker in. Definitely. Well, we saw, obviously, it didn't in the end cost them much on Saturday, but they don't really have a number nine now with Shanklin having gone. Uh, Nicky Clark can get goals, but he's more the type that drops in and quite clever. Mm-hmm. forward is not going to lead the line uh, in the same kind of way so yeah they definitely need to replace him um, McNulty is an interesting one because obviously he was there last season and didn't really set the header on fire but he's a player I've always liked I think he's a really clever player as well but he's, he's got a really good finish on him um, so I thought last season that McNulty actually got brought in as Shanklin's replacement last season. I, I, I thought they may, maybe thought Lawrence was going to go. Yeah. So they got McNulty in. So they already had a ready replacement in place if, if somebody came in for, for Shanklin. But obviously that didn't happen and they had the two of them. And they'd struggled really to get the two of them firing together. It never really quite worked. But if they can get McNulty back in, then maybe that'll... That'll help his chances at scoring more goals for United if, if he's the kind of the main man. He might he might like that mm. sort of thing. Um, the other ones, Scott McMahon, I think is a decent player at Hamilton. He's he's a leader in that Hamilton team, so that, that's always worthwhile. And admittedly, I know absolutely nothing about Elmari Niskanen. <laughs> I didn't even know his first name until I've just seen it on the notes. So we'll leave it there with him then. But Bear, I suppose <laughs> we've seen what McNulty can do at Hibs. As a number nine, yeah. Um, you know, he maybe didn't exactly set the header alight for United last season. I think he got five or so goals. Um, you'd be hoping that if he is, like George says, played through the middle, he can, yeah, he can find a bit of scoring for him. He has that class, and uh, he certainly fits the bill if they can get him. And I'm always wary when clubs say they're, you know, and we're talking about them being close to signing. You know, United have had their fingers burned already this season by a player they thought they were going to get from St. Murn and uh, ended up falling through. So. And Mark McNulty as well, though. I mean, he he's a, he's another guy. He's, he, you know, fair play to United if they're in that market because he wouldn't come cheap. You know, he'll be on a comparable salary, I would imagine, to 
Lauren Shanklin. So while people say oh, you're you're taking that money for Shanklin, you're going to try and sign McNaughty. You know, they're still going to have to shell out a fair degree to get a, a man of his quality. But yeah. we've seen that quality, Calm, haven't we? We've seen it in, you know, when he went up to Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup and he was terrific that day and as the United team were. But he's got that in his locker. And again, he's he's the sort of guy who can make the difference in, de- in games. When you've got a United team that still looks absolutely rock solid defensively, he's the guy that can turn maybe, you know, the, the defeats into a draw or when you're holding teams to nil-nil for 18 minutes, he could pop up by a goal and give you those three points, which makes such a big difference in this league. I've got to say, the finish winger, Elmari Niskanen, I know even less than George about. And I'm, <laughs> I'm afraid to see Hamilton defender Scott McMahon. I don't know too much about him as well. But United need to get... I think United need to get a few bodies in now because there the haven't been prolific uh, uh, signers over the past sort of 16, uh, 18 months or so, there hasn't been many people come in yeah. uh, under the new regime's reign. So I think the fans are getting a bit twitchy and uh, we'll expect a few new faces before the transfer window slams shut at the end of this month. One thing I will say about Finnish players coming to the site of Discovery is they invariably have success. We have to look at Glenn Kamara, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, a good sign, hopefully, if um, you know you can get Niskanen in, in the door. Um, seemingly a very good talent. Um, Benjamin Kalman as well, mate. Just to throw the, the other side of it. In. There is that, George, um, which I tried to but overshadow. Then, then there's Mixu. Forget so, about that. Mixu, so, got it, yeah. Mixu. Mixu. Of course there's Mixu. I mean, he's, he's, the most famous, he's the most famous one of all, of an age, you know, if you go back. I mean, but you know, they've got had the Scandinavians in in the 60s, you know, as well. So exactly, yeah. um, there is a link there for, for Dundee United, of players who have who have done particularly well for Dundee United. So we'll, obviously the guy the guy's coming in and he's got, got big boots to fill. If it's Mixu's boots, then definitely there'll be big boots. <laughs> Putting that all to one side, there is a small matter of a game taking place this weekend as well. United are in Premier Sports Cup last 16 action away at Ayr. Um, Bear, you'd imagine that'll be a tough game. It's a place where, you know, yeah. when United were in the Championship, they had a few problems down the years. Uh, well, it's, you know what? It's like somebody's just got United that you're doing two. That one, you're, you, think you're, you think you're the bee's knees. Well, here's a wee banana skin right under your foot there <laughs> for Saturday for that Premier Sports <laughs> Cup. A wee, a wee trip to United, eh? Because, yeah, you're dead right. You know, any trip to Somerset Park is never easy. You know, David Hopkins always makes his team, any opposition team, work for, for the end they get. But uh, I would expect United's quality, certainly, you know, they can go down there and it may be tight for the, you know, I mean, they may be under the cost, but, but here, the way they performed last week, they can keep it tight and they've got the quality up top, I would, I would think, to go to, to see it through and get themselves into the quarterfinals, which uh, may be a, a good start to the new campaign, you know, when we consider what we're all talking about a fortnight ago sort of thing after the Aberdeen game. Absolutely. Okay, moving on, we're going to jump over the street and take a little look at the Dark Blues. Yes, it was an entirely different story altogether at the weekend for Dundee, unfortunately. Um, our you know, crystal balls were, were miles off. Um, as as Bear said earlier in the show, we, we thought Dundee were going to maybe go to Celtic Park and um, give a team that were maybe weren't performing fantastically well under their new manager a bit of a test. It sort of went the other way and, and you know, you got this, the shock result, but um, 6-0 defeat in the end for for the D. Um, Kyogo Furuhashi, the, the new Japanese striker for Celtic, getting a hat-trick. He looked... He looks brilliant for them. Tom Rogic, um, former United defender Tony Ralston and Odson Edward also on the score sheet. George, you were there. Um, a really bad day at the office for for Dundee. They're willing to put this one behind them and, and kick on. Aye, it's one of these where 
yeah, you just want to get on and get an our game as quick as possible, get it out of the system because uh, they didn't, they really didn't play well at all. They actually going back to the game, they actually started quite well. First ten minutes, Dundee were probably edged it, uh, and not in the way that Tam Course thinks teams edge first halves, <laughs> but they were actually all right. And then, but then as soon as Celtic had their first. The first opportunity when the Kyogo, as they're calling him, uh, it's easier, I think, than Furuhashi, but he missed an absolute sitter after about 15 minutes. And from that point, the crowd were up. Uh, and you could see it as soon as Celtic got the first goal, they were they were up and running, they were flying. He was he was too good. He could have scored about six. He was too fast, too, too smart. Abada on the wing was too fast as well. Ryan Christie was just too good on the left wing, uh, and it just was wasn't a good day for Dundee. Um, one they definitely want to forget as, as soon as possible. Um, yeah, and this they struggled all over. They, and then in the second half, they're two 0 down at half time, and they they created not quite a half chance, but the first real kind of. Mm-hmm almost a uh, thing in front of goal and Sheridan poked it wide and he thought, oh, maybe there's might be something here. But then uh, Ryan Christie nicked the ball off uh, Christie Elliott just to make things confusing. And it was 3-0 <laughs> two seconds later and that was it, game game over. Uh, Christie Elliott didn't have a, have a good game, has to be said. Um, and then Jordan Marshall was sent off in the last minute just to... To really uh, pour a bit of salt on, onto the wind, it wasn't a good day, and yeah, they'll be wanting to put it behind them as quickly as possible. Yeah, I read your match report from Parkhead, and I saw there was a wee sequence that you wrote that Brian Christie got past Christie Elliott, and I just, I really, I was worried for you, George. I have to say about you having to write that and get it right in the right order. So, really concerning to be fair. But I made it easy on on Twitter and just said Christie skinned Christie, so I just went that way. So <laughs> can't go wrong with that. It's, Factually accurate. No. Um, one thing I think we did learn from the football this weekend, um, Bear, is is that fans can make such a difference. There was twenty four thousand at yeah. Parkhead, and we know it can yep. it can be a cauldron at the best of times. But when they're coming back in under a new boss, under Ange Postecoglou, yeah. um, it's, it's a tough ask for Dundee, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, and maybe we maybe we took our eye off the ball a wee bit last week and thinking that you were looking at Celtic had a had a pure start, but you forget. What Celtic are in Scottish football, you know, they're, they're a juggernaut compared to Celtic. They're a juggernaut compared to the rest of the teams. And Ange Postecoglou was under real pressure to to get a result in, in front of you know the, the fans, the returning fans. I know it was, the stadium was only half full, but they they certainly would have made their their voices heard. I mean, you look at the, I mean, the, the guy Furuhashi. I mean, I, met, I would imagine there was quite a few people on Saturday night transferring his name into their dream team um, going forward <laughs> because he looks like yeah. he's the sort of guy who could score for fun. Um, in the, at this level, you know, so keep an eye out for him in the, in the weeks to come. But I think it's a lesson for Dundee. All right, it was a bad day at the office, but how many bad days at the office have they had in the last six months? There hasn't been many, mm-hmm. Callum. You know, yeah. they've been. I think fans need to realise that a, a bit. You know, and you know, Dundee have been really good over the past six months, and it's, it was a sore one to take. But as ever, it's, it's, it's not. I mean. It's, it's how they respond to that. That's what James McPeel will be saying. He'll have learned from the trip to Parkhead. There's players have got to learn as well. You know, I look at Celtic and I look at the players that they had on the park. You know, you've got Turnbull, McGregor, Christie, all international players. And I, I, I still have my doubts. And, I, and I said, I've said this before, I still have my doubts that Dundee, with Charlie Adam and, and Paul McGowan in the team, you know, I think there will be games where you can play both of them 
But I think games at Celtic Park, I, I mean, uh, this is my opinion. I don't think you can. I think you need to have legs in that team. Now, whether James McPake was looking and saying well, it wasn't the game for, you know, maybe McDade or McCowan, I think you need to you need to get at Celtic and try and close them down a wee bit more than Dundee did. Um, but then they're, they're going to learn from that. Dundee will learn and, and you know, they'll take it on the chin and they'll move on. That's that's the most important thing. I mean, I, even Celtic, I mean, there's, they brought James Forrest on. I mean, that, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> that was nice to Celtic. You know, Dundee player must have been like, oh, here we go. Here's James Forrest coming on now. You know, so... It was a sore one. I mean, they just basically the best thing for Dundee is to get out of Parkhead and then they now look ahead to, uh, you know, the next game, which is a cup tie, obviously. But yeah, there hasn't been many bad days for Dundee. They've just got to get back on the bus. I want to see them, I want to see them getting back to the defensive solidity that they, they showed in the latter half of last season. Hmm. You know, what, what Dundee can't afford is to be going into games knowing that they're, they're going to be leaking one, two goals every game because we've been there before. And it's effectively a recipe for relegation. You've got to get that back door nice and tight with the goalkeeper, the guys in front of them, and then the, the midfield in front of them as well. But then still find a way to get up the up the park and, and feed the strikers. I think I think Jason Cummins can feel a wee bit disappointed he, he was left out. I know people question his sort of his work rate and that, but he looked really good against St. Martin. Um, but I think James McPeak obviously made the call to, to go with one man against Celtic and uh, you know, I always feel when you go to places like Parkhead and Ibrox, have you have have you sit back to try and soak it up and for 90 minutes you, you, you just invite a hiding and that's what Dundee got at the weekend but they'll move on from that and um, hopefully they can bounce back Yeah, you mentioned the the lack of legs in midfield obviously Max Anderson was suspended yeah, he was, course, despite yeah, his age yeah. despite his age, you know, he was a big loss you have to say he's becoming a very important player for mm-hmm. for Dundee but it was good George to see some injured players come back onto the pitch uh, Sean Byrne was one of the only players, or I think the only player that James McPake gave pass marks to, he said that no one's a guaranteed starter and that, and that they're going to bounce back. Does he have to look at that and, and make some changes now when, when he has got more players at his disposal? Yeah, I think that's that's natural after a, a 6-0 hide. And I think they did really miss uh, Max Anderson, to be honest, after his... Uh, I almost called it a tackle, but it wasn't really. It was. It wasn't a tackle, was it? Karate it was kick, like something from Karate Kid or something. Yeah. Aye. Um, but not having him as an option there in the legs in the middle of the park meant that they couldn't use McGee as a in the right back position, which I think they, they maybe would have liked to do because mm-hmm. uh, he's he, was like Chris Elliott. He was a he was a winger. He was a kind of attacking player for a lot of his career before he moved moved further back. So. McGee being a more kind of natural defender uh, might have been a, a better fit in that game, but just the way things obviously worked out with uh, with Max getting himself suspended uh, didn't help. But yeah, I, when you say Sean Byrne, I th- thought Sean Byrne was absolutely superb, to be honest. Considering he was in a team that beat 6-0, uh, there were times where he was turning in the middle of the park and the Celtic boys couldn't get near him. He was he was really good, and that's considering he, was, he had COVID just what... Uh, must have been what less than two weeks beforehand. Anyway, I mean, it, it, speaking to him, it sounded like it was it was pretty tough as well. It was pretty bad. Uh, obviously, we've seen Charlie Adam had it really bad. Jason Cummings had it really bad, and both of them took a fair bit of time to get back up to speed. Uh, not just in games, but training, just getting back up to match fitness. But it seems like it hasn't taken Sean Burn any time whatsoever. Um. So it was, it, 
he's going to be such a big player for Dundee. Uh, he has been since he's been there, but the Premiership's where he's mm. is his level where he wants to be playing, and that he's he's going to be absolutely massive. That they have to keep him fit, I think. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's shown he can do it um, with Livingston in the past, so there's there's no doubts there about Sean Byrne. Um, obviously, you spoke to him after the game, George, and I read your interview with him, mm-hmm. um, and I've put it here on my notes as well. Um, Sean Byrne, the incredible human, because yeah. some of the stuff he's doing off the pitch, you know, and his, his personal life is, is staggering, isn't it? It's incredible. Uh, him and his girlfriend or fiance, I'm not sure uh, what stage they're at. Um, it's amazing, really. Um, obviously, fostering uh, a young girl who had a a tough start to life. I don't, I don't know a, a huge amount about the story. I mean, we're, we're standing on the touchline at Celtic Park talking about it, so it, it wasn't the best time to be delving into family stuff uh, after getting beat 6-0 and things like that. But um, she has autism, and it sounded like it was a pretty tough 10 days when the whole family had to isolate after he had his positive test, which... Uh, and the young girl didn't really understand why she couldn't go out and things like that and mm. do the things that she usually does. So it sounds like it was really tough, but amazing. Uh, they fostered somebody. Um, just, it, I, I don't know the backstory, but it's an amazing story. Um, and, and all credit to the incredible human, as you call him in the notes. Uh, he's, he's a properly nice guy when you meet him. As long as you're not up against him in the midfield and it's a 50-50, you, you'll be okay. Absolutely not. No, he's a, he's a strong character. He's he's been through a lot, and it's good to see him. Um, you know, really performing well for Dundee over the last kind of, um, you know, six months to to year. He's becoming an increasingly um, important player for them. Um, almost as important, I suppose. Well, probably a bit more important. I don't know. We're going to discuss it. Um, is the manager James McPake, um, the man, of course, who who got them back to the Premiership last season, winning the the, the Championship promotion playoffs. He's been linked with a move away from Dens to. To MK Dons, that that role is vacant after Russell Martin, who's a former Scotland uh, international. He's joined Swansea. Um, Bear, what do you make of all this? You know, McPake being linked with a job. Mm-hmm. You know, is he indispensable at this stage to Dundee? Yeah. Um, is he yeah. committed? You know, can they afford to lose him? What's your take on it? Yeah, just just going back to quickly to the Celtic and McPake saying no one is as a guaranteed starter. Did he say that after the Celtic game? I mean, I would imagine that was. <laughs> That was a given <laughs> after a six nothing <laughs> defeat. Um, is McPeak indispensable, Colin? Um, no, he's not. I mean, I mean, no, no one is at a football club. Um, I think it's unfortunately for 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 James McPeak, the the timing of it has come back to bite him a wee bit. Obviously, with, with his yeah. team taking a real a real hiding at Celtic Park, but I, I think it's uh, it's credit to the job that James McPeak has done in the two years he has been at Dens now. That hasn't been without his own critics. There have been times when we've sat here and said, James McPake's jacket's on a shugly peg. And and not just once. There's been a couple of times, you know, he's been on sort of dodgy runs when the team has been struggling. But ultimately, ultimately, he's got them promoted. And now that and that's that's a fair task. He's, he's done the job after him and, and he is still a young man. So he's done well. Um, so why wouldn't, why wouldn't teams be looking at him? I mean, Dundee, I would imagine the owner's will hope that James McPake is continually uh, linked with other clubs because if, if, if that's the case, then it means that he is doing well for Dundee Football Club. Now, it's up to, to Dundee to decide what, what worth is that to them. 
if they feel that they want to make sure their manager isn't pinched by a, a club down south and they feel McPake is doing a, a terrific job and he's moving in the right direction, then he's got to be rewarded for that. And that, that reward comes in, in, the, in the sort of form of a, a new contract and a, and a better contract. But um, it's still early days for James McPake. Uh, I, I, I still think he's got, a, he's got a lot to learn. He's got a, a lot of very good attributes. I think probably his biggest attribute is very honest, um, you know, with the press at times, probably too honest, you know, about, yeah. uh, you know, his own performances. Mm. And, he seems uh, like a, quite a good man manager as well. Always kind of strikes yes. me as a guy that gets yes. the best out of players and his own uh, players, you know. He's, absolutely. He fosters absolutely. a good environment. But, yeah. He, he does, he does, and he, he, he hurts, I think he, I think he takes, he'll have taken that, that one really, you know, badly on Saturday, he'll have taken it, you know, he always, see, he always feels that, as looks as though he's absolutely gutted after the, after the team lose, but maybe isn't, isn't a bad thing, but it's like everything, you've got to take the highs and, 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 and the lows together and, and get some, find some middle grounds as a manager and make sure that you, when you go home, you can actually, you can switch off and be with your family and just, you know, just sort of, you know, get, get away from the game at, at times but is he indispensable no he's not I mean you know I'd like nobody at a football club is so we'll just have to wait and see where it goes but it can only be good for Dundee that he has been sort of linked to other clubs he seems committed though George I mean he's he's moved himself and his, his family up from Glasgow to to Dundee to be to be closer to the club um you know you know you'd, you'd imagine that that's a good sign and um Dundee will be hoping to to hang on to him and Definitely, and I think um, yeah, he's been fully committed to the club since he's been there. He's that type where he throws everything into it. I mean, you could see when he was tackling folk, he'd throw everything yeah. into it and then maybe came back to on him at times with his injuries and stuff. But um, I think he's very very aware of how much Dundee have, have given him. Um, he, he said when they signed him, he'd basically been written off because he, he had a back injury and uh, but Dundee picked him up and gave him the chance to play again, and then they've given him the chance to be a coach and be manager. So he, I think he feels like he, he owes the club a lot. Um, and that, as you say, he's moved up t- to the area to, to give even more to the job. Um, mm-hmm. But I, d- I agree with Bear. It's being linked with things like this is good because uh, it means he's doing a good job. It means Dundee are going in the right direction. Uh, obviously, they don't want to lose their manager if things are going right, um, but it means that things are are going well. And well, I was just having a look myself and uh, former colleague Tam Duthie discussed this a few times in, in the office. But can either of you name the last Dundee manager to leave for another job? And it goes back a fair bit. Oh, is, it, is it Jim Duffy going to Hibs? It's Jim Duffy going to Hibs in 1996. And one. Everyone else has been sacked. There you go, boom. Yeah. Yeah. 25 years, I mean, it's quite a long time. It, it shows that he is, and the club are doing something right to have a manager in place that is desirable for, for other teams. Yeah, it's, exactly. And it's, that's that. You, you just have to take that as a massive compliment, uh, even if nothing nothing comes of it or they go a different way. It seems that, according, well... Obviously, I haven't got many sources of Milton Keynes, but uh, according to the bookies, uh, there's there's a, an odds-on favourite of uh, I think a guy called Liam Manning, who's been coaching in Belgium, believe it or not. Belgium's a place to be, obviously. There you go. Um, but he's he's the odds-on favourite, so there must be something in in, in that. You'd think you know, the bookies don't always get it right, but don't often get it wrong either. Yeah, elsewhere um, in the boardroom at Dundee, there was a, a story this week as well that caused 
um, a fair degree of confusion um, between multiple parties um, involving Dundee's technical director, Gordon Strachan, um, who's now joined Celtic on a three-month consultancy um, role, working with their um, youth academy and things like that. A similar kind of position they hold at Dundee. He'll be continuing to, to hold both roles, George. Um, good for Dundee that he's, he's not leaving. Um, could you maybe shed a bit more light onto what is actually going on here? I have to say, I'm not, it's only broke last night, so I'm trying to catch up myself here, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting situation anyway. Yeah, I, there's been a, a fair bit of uh, misunderstanding, I think, across, particularly across in, in Glasgow, just the, the situation he has with Dundee. As I understand it, he, he's not, he, he works, I don't know if this is exactly how it's worded, but he's he's basically a consultant for Dundee at the moment. He, he comes in and he helps with the academy, the youth stuff. He obviously is on the phone to, with uh, the manager, James McPake, or anybody the club that wants a bit of advice. Uh, I'm sure John Nelms phones him up and asks uh, his opinion on him, things like that. So he's a big sounding board for, for everybody. But he's not, I don't think he's, it's not like he's, it's not the same situation as, as a manager. So I think if he mm-hmm. wants to go and help out Celtic for a wee bit, I don't think Dundee could particularly stop him. Um, but they also get the benefit of him coming back and continuing the, the, the job he's done. And from all accounts, I've never actually managed to interview uh, Gordon Strachan since he's been there. Um, I would like to, but I managed to. But it sounds like he really enjoys it. The, the the job he's he's doing with Dundee because he gets to come in and help, uh, but he's also free to to go and do other things if he if he wants to. Um, and it sounds like everyone take, obviously he's vastly experienced. It's if you just look at his CV, it's unbelievable, mm. really. So you could see why Celtic want a bit of that as well, considering the situation they're in. Um, a lot of people seem to be quite annoyed about it, but I, I'm fairly easy on it because. From a Dundee point of view, yeah, you've not gone for the next three months, and he's helping out a team in your league, but it's not a team you're particularly going head to head against, uh, as we saw on Sunday. Um, and then he's going to come back and give you all that experience and all that help mm. again, anyway. So, yeah, it looks a bit, it's a bit weird, but um, I'm easy with it. He doesn't particularly affect the first team too much, other than give advice when asked. Uh, by James McPake. Um so it's 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 not a huge impact really on Dundee. Uh, it may be just the work he does with the youth and stuff is it maybe just it's still gonna continue with, with Stephen Wright and his staff, but obviously won't have him on a day to day basis at Den's Park for just a few months, but he'll be back. So mm. does that clear it up? I'm not sure. I just rambled for a bit there. I felt. Mm, yeah. <laughs> As as a Dundee fan, bear yeah. uh, to you, does it does it feel like a conflict of interest for for Gordon Strachan? It does for me uh, personally. I mean, it's it's a, it's a strange one. Uh, I mean, obviously he's going to go to to Celtic Park for the next three months. Look after the academy, the B team, you know, the woman and Lee's with the, the chief chief executive Don McKay over there. But I mean, what happens to Dundee's academy and things like that during that time? I mean. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not privy to these sort of things, but is Gordon Strachan on a contract at Dens? Does, does, does that cut across his contract? Will he still be getting, if he's on a contract, will he still be getting his wages from Dundee for the next three months? 
if he's you know sharing his time I mean, you know can should his contract be halved you know if, he, if he's got time to do Celtic and, and then he's got, still got time to do Dundee I don't know it just, seem, it just well, seems a bit strange uh, but, uh, no, but yeah sorry George I'll, I'll jump in there but he's yeah. basically a consultant for Dundee effectively so he, I don't think he but George is, he, is his title not technical a, director he's not an employee of Dundee he's not so he, well, he, he doesn't have a he doesn't he's have down a as technical director yeah not particularly. I, d- I don't think. I think it's a fairly loose arrangement they've got. Just a gentleman's um, agreement, as such. Then I guess I don't know exactly it, but it, it's yeah, it's, it's that's probably a decent way to put it. But the consultant is what is the, the phrase I would use cause, yeah. because he's consulting and he gives them their time when they need it. Um, it's going to be the same with Celtic. I think I'd go, I don't think he'd be signing a contract with Celtic. No, so effectively only gets. He, if he's a consultant, then he would only you would you would and there's no contract. He would only get paid for for the work he actually he does at, yeah, at the club. I think, so. um, I think that's these are things. I mean, uh, George. I mean, I'm I'm basically just trying to clear things up for for the fans who may be listening and, and wondering yeah. how can you do that. I mean, there's nothing to stop anybody having two jobs or three jobs or four jobs if the rules permit. I mean, I'm not sure what happens in terms of the. I don't think there's any sort of rules in the SPFL which would, would bar him from, from doing such a job at, the, at that level um, but it just it, it just seems it just seems strange although Dundee were, were quick to, to, to point out that he was not effectively leaving Dundee mm. for Celtic they, they jumped on that very quickly which I think is a good thing because I think you know I think he is a big help to you know people around the club and having someone of his stature at the club you know can only be good uh, for for the, the management team, you know, we've got a young management team in there as well, and, and anybody at the club who's looking for a bit of advice because he's he's been around for so long, Gordon Strachan. Any aspect of, of, of football in Scotland that he would be able to help out, and that you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. But uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens over the, when that three month period comes to an end and where we'll go after that. That's the thing. Yeah, that's that's where my concern is. is does it then just turn into uh, I'm staying at Celtic? That's that's where my my worry would be, but. Left to Wednesday. I would imagine that you'll still be getting phone calls from James McPake, even if he's hmm. not working with Dundee and he's working with Celtic. Uh, uh, Dundee manager is never, and he's, he said this, he's, he's never afraid to pick up the phone and ask somebody more experienced a question or some advice on, on how to deal with the situation. He, he does that when he, a number of managers, he names Chris Coleman quite often that he, he speaks to. So that, I don't think Dundee would be losing that aspect of it. And so from the first team point of view, I don't think it'll have any real effect uh, him going to Celtic. What if James McPake's gone to MK Dons by that stage? <laughs> He'll still be phoning to Gordon Strachan, it'd be fine, yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, looking away from this, I mean, that's honestly, we, we tried our best there, right? But that was clear as mud, right? Okay, we'll just leave it there. We're going to have to move on. He's gone. He's gone for a while. He's coming back. That's that's the bit. That's... More to come. It will surely transpire and be a bit clearer a few months down the line. Um, looking at the weekend, Dundee are also in Premier Sports Cup action. They welcome Motherwell um, to Dens Park. The wee boost for Dundee ahead of that one is there's going to be an increased capacity. Seven thousand three hundred fifteen will be able to go to Dens should they want to. Um, a thousand Motherwell fans um, will be in the main stand. Um, be good to see, you know, a, a much bigger capacity. Bear, there's only two and about a thousand against St. Mon. You'd be mm-hmm. expecting a game like this. Maybe it wouldn't usually draw that much of a crowd because it's, you know, it's it's extra on top of your season ticket usually because it's the cup. But it is, yeah, y- y- you might see a decent crowd at this one now. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think so. It'd be good. I mean, if Motherwell can can bring through a thousand fans, that would be fun. That would be fantastic. I mean, 
it'd be great to see the opposition fans in the stadium because you always like to give the opposition fans abuse, you know, and it was just your own support. You have to turn, you have to turn around and start giving your, your mates abuse and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's get, let's get them in. And I think, I think it's great. I think it's great that you've got that. You get that as to the atmosphere within the stadium, you know, and uh, whether, I mean, whether, I mean, obviously it is over and above the season ticket, it's, you know, it's 20 quid a ticket, which I think... They could have cut it to a tenner. I don't know. I th- you know, I think it's... I, I know it's two premiership clubs, but I think if they cut it to a tenner... So Mun and Livingston have done it for £10 and £5, pounds, yeah, so well, it can be done. Well, well so, yeah. credit to them, and I think that, I think that was more, a more a more realistic <laughs> price, uh, you know, um, after all that's gone on. I think they could have got the, fan, the fans in there, but I'm not sure if the, both clubs have got to agree to that sort of thing or not. But Motherwell, to be fair, Mother, Motherwell have been quite generous with, with season tickets themselves, you know, through in the West and how they've, they've gone about trying to get their fans into games that they're coming up with ideas and things like that. So, yeah, probably a tenner, I think, would have been would have, would have seen a few more bums on seats. But, no, it'll be good to see... Uh, it'll be good to see opposition fans in there and... Hopefully it'll be a good game. I've, I, I, I watched Motherwell against Hibs at the start of the season and, and although they lost the game, they look a big, powerful side and they've got a bit of pace and Dundee will have their hands full. And Dundee have obviously got to try and bounce back from that game at the weekend against Celtic, which I'm, I'm sure they will. But the bigger picture is it's a cup tie. And and cup runs in Dundee FC are in a, are in a sort of words that have gone together <laughs> hand in hand over, over <laughs> yeah. in recent years. Um, they've made the early exit, so... They've got a home tie. They've got a chance of getting into the last eight. So, yeah, it should be a right good game. And it's one I'm really looking forward to on Saturday, Callum. Okay, we're going to jump off the street now, head down to Dundee Airport and fly into Europe. Now, I know there isn't many flights that go out of Dundee Airport. So, um, we'll have to go to London first and then go to Europe. But, um, (laughs) well, we're not even going to go to Europe, actually, because St. John's not playing Galatasaray in Perth. And that's the clue. That's what we're talking about in this final section of the show. Um, We're just going to go down down the road to Perth. Um, St. John's welcoming the Turkish giants to McDermott Park tomorrow night. They're looking to progress into the Europa League playoff round. It's one all after the first leg in Istanbul, George. They've given themselves every chance of getting through. Hopefully a big crowd in at McDermott Park we know there's been a massive clamour for tickets um, they did exceptionally well didn't they out in Turkey and, and they'll be hoping they've got enough in the tank to to maybe even sneak through yeah they, they were great out there they were uh, the big players stepped up Jason Kerr and, and Xander Clark particularly uh, two former Queen of the South Lonies so I always like to keep an eye on <laughs> take them take credit uh, here, yep. here we go here we go yeah, it, was all, it was all us yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's not like they was smash and grab or anything. They did. They had to ride out the storm early on, and they got lucky uh, with some of Galatasaray's finishing. I would say, um, but they created their own chances as well. Ali McCann was superb. It's the best I've, uh, yeah, I've seen him. To be honest, the, the guys who cover St Johnston have spoken glowing terms of him for a long time now. But that, yeah, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Um, but that they'll have to, they'll probably have to play even better. I, I would say on, on Thursday night, um, at McDermott to to progress. I think they've got a chance. Galatasaray don't, they don't seem the happiest of place to try to kick Falcao and Figuli, the the winger out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were on the bench last week, but um, apparently, according to a Turkish uh, Twitter feed, I, I follow the Galatasaray fans were given Falcao's wife a bit of a bit of lip as she was leaving the stadium and. He's not very happy about that, so there's a bit of disrep- unrest going on in there. Um, Turkish fans never seem too quick to to show their uh, 
their feelings on their football teams. Um, so, but I think that full crowd could, there's a chance there. To be honest, um, they have they have really good players, but I think they showed last week that they can be beaten as well. And so Johnston are a really well set up team. I've, mm-hmm. I've said that for a long time. They've got they've got good players. They just need to they need to figure out a way to score. I think scoring goals has been their issue. You say they're trying to kick Faguli out, so they're trying to kick him in the ghoulies then, eh? <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's why he doesn't, he's not. He's digging his heels in. He doesn't want to leave. Aye, aye. You know what the Galatasaray Ultras are like, though? They all get stuck in. They're not scared. Um, <laughs> Bear, brilliant job that Callum Davidson's done. You wouldn't put it mm-hmm. past him getting a result in a one-off tie. He's done it plenty of times before, winning the two cups last season. No, um, absolutely. absolutely. He'll set up his team to try and get this result. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they were terrific and, you know, uh, out there in Turkey and uh, a Falco, George, I mean, the number one rule in football is never take your wife to the game. That's, that's a definite no-no. <laughs> you know. um, but no, St. Johnson, I think the dream can continue. I think they've got a, they've got a real chance. I said that last week, they, they could shock a couple of people out there. And once they got over the initial sort of onslaught, I thought they played particularly well, you know, and they were a wee bit unlucky, they just they, you know, after they got their goal, the, the the one thing you always do after getting a goal is never concede straight away, and that's what they did, they just took their eye off the ball a wee bit, or they could have come, been coming away by a terrific a terrific victory, although to be fair, Xander Clark pulls off an absolutely stunning save towards the end to keep it at 1-1 but St Johnston are set up they're set up for this game, they'll be backed by a vociferous crowd up at McDermott Park and it's going to be, mm-hmm. be a ding-dong and I think the good thing is it's I th- the way goal rule is is not alive anymore. They've ditched that now, so I think that takes away the fear of losing a goal. Yeah. You know, obviously you don't want to lose a goal, but it isn't cataclysmic the way it used to be. Uh, you know, in previous years, but you know it was almost all over for you straight away. So yeah. they can play with maybe a wee bit of freedom to give themselves a chance to get up the park and and see what they can do. But it should be a cracking night up in Perth, and uh, hopefully St Johnson can do it. And the, as I say, the dream will continue for Callum Davidson and his men. And we need them. The whole of Scotland needs yep. them to get this result for we our do, coefficient. Yeah. Um, yep. After Rangers' dismal display last night at Ibrox mm-hmm. against Malmo, obviously they were totally rattled um, by Dundee United. Still had images of Jamie Robson in their head <laughs> busting through on goal. Um, they went down 2 1 again at Ibrox last night. That's them out of the Champions League qualifying, reckoning 4 2 on aggregate to the Swedish side, um, who played very well over the two legs, you have to say. A wee bit, wee bit smash and grab, got the goals um, quite quickly in both games, but. Did the job. Um, more Scottish teams in European action this week. Oh, on... come, sorry, sorry, sorry come. Okay, yep, okay, 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 kidding aside. I mean, you know, that's bitterly disappointing for Rangers, but bitterly disappointing for Scottish football again because you want mm. yeah. you want your yeah. your teams in the to- at the top table in the Champions League, which is the Champions League group stages. Mm. And unfortunately, the way we've been going, I mean, we had two opportunities, season. Rangers yeah. and Celtic this season. I you know. know. I know, and the both they both failed. I mean, and they carry the banner for for Scottish clubs, and, and the coefficient takes a takes a hit as well, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it was a really disappointing night for Rangers and for the, and for the rest of the country as well. Sorry, Callum, on you go. No, that's all right. The onus, obviously, as we now say, is on St Johnston yeah. to go and get a result. But yep. Celtic are also in Europa League action um, tomorrow night against Shablonic. They're four two up on the Czech side um, after last week, so they look like they've got a decent chance coming back to Parkhead of getting through. Hibs go to Rijeka at 1-0 in the UEFA Conference League, so they're over in Croatia. And Aberdeen are 3-2 up over Bredalbeck in the Conference League as well, the Icelandic team coming to Pataudry tomorrow night. So we wish all the Scottish teams good luck, but especially our Tayside neighbours, St Johnston. Hopefully they can get the job done against Galatasaray. What a famous result that would be. It would make uh, Jim Masson very happy, which, you know, 
Um, in turn, makes us very happy. Bear, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Okay. So all the best to the Saints, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Bye bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tele Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to the telly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.